Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Sidious Mag Podcast. I'm Chris Chavez, and this is my show where I get the chance to chat with some of the biggest names on the track, on the roads, within the coaching ranks, and across the running industry. This is an Olympic year, so make sure you smash that subscribe button to stay up on all of the interviews that we'll be bringing you on this feed. A quick thanks to anyone who has taken the time to leave a little five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. A few of my favorite podcasts give their listeners a shout-out when they leave a review, so I've started doing that over the past couple weeks. If you want yours to be read, leave us a five-star review and let us know why you love this show. This one comes to us from G. Bakulis. Just listened to the Houston Marathon recap during my first long-run training for 2024 Boston. Thanks for the inspiration and congrats. Thanks to G. Bakulis for leaving that review. I got a bunch of super kind messages from that episode, whether people listened on the City of Smack podcast feed or on the Alley on the Run show. The listeners seemed to really like the honesty where I mentioned crying to my tears ricochet by Taylor Swift after the New York City Marathon. So I was an open book and people enjoyed it. So let's get into our guests for this episode. My guests for today's episode are Cooper Tier and Cole Hawker. The former Oregon Ducks have reunited and are training together in Blacksburg, Virginia under coach Ben Thomas. Cooper spent last year working with coach Jerry Schumacher and the Bowerman Track Club before announcing his departure in the fall. He took some time to make a decision, but ultimately decided to reunite with his college coach. Last year, Tier did set a personal best at 800 meters and 1500 meters, but he missed qualifying for the World Championships in Budapest. He got off to a strong start in 2024 by winning the U.S. cross-country title just two weeks ago. For Cole Hawker, he's just elevating his training under Thomas and is hoping to have a full, healthy year in the lead-up to the World Indoor Championships in March and then the U.S. Olympic Trials in the summer. Last year, he got off to a later start to the season due to some injuries, but still managed to qualify for Worlds, where he finished 7th in the 1500-meter final in Budapest in a personal best of 330.70. Both guys have been added to the men's two-mile field at the Milrose Games on February 11th in New York City. The field already includes 1,500-meter world champion Josh Kerr and U.S. Outdoor 5K and 10K record holder Grant Fisher. Tickets are going fast, and there are less than two weeks to go until the meet, so do not miss out. Visit milrosegames.org to get your tickets to watch the best indoor meet in America and see many of the top stars who will go on to compete in Paris. So without further ado, welcome back, Cooper Tier and Cole Hawker. All right, now I'm joined by Cooper Tier and Cole Hawker, reunited once again. Funny enough, I had to ask like if you guys were in the same house in Virginia, but you guys are not. You guys are grown-ups now, living separate homes. You guys weren't even roommates, I think, in Eugene, right? Or you were? We never were. No, I haven't lived with Cole for more than like 48 hours at a meet. Okay. Well, how's it feel that you guys are back together? I'm happy for sure. Um, <clears throat> I feel like... Without like making it too cringe, like I feel like we definitely lift each other up in like the best ways. We're both competitive, um, and that shows in practice. But also, like I think just the chemistry is like so obvious. Um, like just feels like there's not much of a difference from like the Oregon days. I think it's just like such a such a natural transition. Like it, all of us, like who I was training with last year and who have trained with Cooper in the past, are like doesn't even feel like he left ever, and it's just like. Yeah, it comes pretty natural. Yeah, I agree. I feel like it is definitely like weird not seeing these guys at meets and stuff. And then my like second to last meet or my last meet when I was in Europe, um, we were back in Belgium and I like was basically there by myself. Um, me and Carissa were the only Bowerman athletes and I went and I was like doing our old warm up and stuff with them and it just like yeah, kind of sparked some memories and so it feels good to be back in the swing of things like full time with them. And um, yeah, like Cole said, just clicks. Uh, things have been going really well in training and um, yeah, looking forward to more racing. All right. So we saw some of the early signs of how things are going in training. 
Cooper, you came away with the win at the USATF Cross Country Championships. Cole, you finished 12th. Overall, what are the feelings coming out, coming out of this weekend? I guess, Cooper, we'll start with you with the win. Definitely didn't go into this saying like, hey, we want to go win cross country. Um, I think kind of the goal of it was more of like a glorified tempo when it came down to it. Um, we hit it really hard that Wednesday. Um, so definitely like no tapering going into it. And um, But I think even with that, it just felt like pretty natural to go out there and um, yeah, just compete again. It's It's been a little while, especially since uh, I know Cole ran cross country sort of last year um, and I haven't run in a couple of years. So felt really good to be back out there and um, yeah, just compete. And yeah, we've been doing a lot, a lot of base work uh, for the past couple of months. So um, I think we're definitely ready for a longer effort like that. And yeah, it felt good to just kind of mix it up with those guys and um, you know, a little nervous going in, just some of those guys are like, what I kind of consider like true cross country guys, like the boars are, are always really good. They're always pushing it up there. And um, so it felt good to kind of just be in there and um, kind of ride it out. And yeah, when it came down to it, uh, I feel like the little bit of speed work we had helped over the last K, but um, yeah, maybe could have used a little more steeple training, but besides that, yeah, I was really happy with it. Cool. I guess for you, the focus has been, is going to be world indoors, I guess. Yeah. And I think, I think for the both of us, um, but yeah, I just, I wanted to let Cooper get at another U S title under his belt. Um, that was, it's good for his mental. So we could kind of be on the same page when we got back to training and, um, no, that was, I'm not a massive fan of cross country, but, um, definitely pushed me out of my comfort zone. And, um, honestly, Cooper's performance gives me like a lot of confidence. Um, cause I, I don't know. I feel like cross country is weird. It's not always like indicative of where you're at. And I think like seeing what Cooper's capable of and definitely like feel like I should have done better, but I, I'm always going to think that for sure. But um, yeah, definitely. I think pushed me out of my comfort zone and that's what, that's what Ben Thomas likes to do. So um, that's my takeaway kind of from that race. And I'm, I'm really excited now going to like a two mile. I feel like that's just so, so manageable and where we're at, like, I don't think I've come into an indoor season with this much confidence before. All right. So there's the news that the two of you will be running the two mile at the Milrose games, the headliners that have been announced so far for this one, Grant Fisher, Josh Kerr, Josh Kerr, who kind of hinted at potentially going after the world record. So for both of you guys to get thrown into this race what are the hopes and expectations i guess like cooper i guess we'll start with with you yeah i'm well like in high school had galen's two mile american record on repeat like during class so i just not pay attention and watch that so um i think the goal is definitely i mean at, at the end of the day you want to win races um and especially with a field like this that has you know american record in the 3k uh Kerr, who's coming off of a uh, world title right now. And um, yeah, so just mixing up with those guys, I'm, I'm sure the times will come. And honestly, like a two mile time isn't that big of a deal in my mind. Um, it's Your more PR is 853 from uh, 2016. Yeah, I think I technically ran 841 for 3200. I don't know what the conversion is, but um, yeah, I definitely think we can blow that out of the water. And um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm just excited to get in there and get back on the on the indoor track. I think it's been last year I came in and I, I ran a big PR over 3K. Um, but even then, I didn't feel like I was in a position where I was like really at my max. I was I was really aerobically strong, but I kind of got blown out of the water the last like 400 or 200. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping this year we're just in a in a prime spot where we can go and compete and um hopefully maybe rip a, a post-workout workout like Galen did, see what happens. But um, yeah, just want to mix it up. Cold stepping up, I guess, to double the distance, I guess, that you're used to running. How are you feeling for it? Yeah, I'm really excited. Like, I've never, like, not that we're going super hard on, you know, 
you have to measure out your peaks, um, especially in an Olympic year, but um, I'm really happy with like my fitness right now and going into this, like in years past, I haven't been um, this confident in my fitness. So I'm really happy, just uh, like really excited to race. Yeah. The world champs, yeah, American record holders. And I think that's just like, that's really where I see myself thriving and I want to optimize those opportunities. Um, Cause you know, last year I went to Melrose and, uh, kind of like the start of an injury there and didn't get to race. And then just watching, watching sucks. Like every athlete knows that. And so I'm just excited to race. And yeah, like I said, just optimize all these opportunities. Cooper, is there a little bit of FOMO for tonight? I guess like it was us cross last week, but not be you this weekend. Like how did sort of that conversation go with coach Ben Thomas to plan out like the buildup towards Milrose games, potentially world indoors and not chasing after, you know, a fast 5k tonight. Honestly, there was no conversation about chasing a fast 5k tonight. I'm not gonna lie. I forgot that that was happening. Um, but yeah, I mean like opportunities like that don't, don't just come around all the time. So it's hard to, it's hard to see those times. Like, I mean, I can already assume like what's going to, what's going to happen. Um, like, tell us, tell us what uh, you think is going to happen. We're recording before on, on Friday afternoon. I, think, before the race. I don't know who the full field is, but like, obviously yards in it, he's gonna, he's probably going to run super fast. Um, I'm my guess. Nico Young's probably going to get collegiate record. He'll probably break 13. Um, and yeah, but like with all that said, I'm also, I feel like in past years, I've been, very much on the watch for meets like this and um just because like in general i'm a fan of the sport and i like to watch and i like to see you know where people are at but i think this year i'm trying to kind of take a little step back and not be as focused on what other people are doing and trying to focus a little bit more on myself um and kind of the guys around me because people are always going to run fast uh and they're always going to run fast in January, February, all that. But, um, you know, none of that really matters to us right now. And, you know, we'll have some good tests. But at the end of the day, like, what we want to be ready for is, like, World Indoors and Olympics. Like, that's that's the whole goal of the year. So um, I'll be excited to kind of see what's going on, but trying to remove myself a little bit more from that stuff. Cool. I guess with training under Ben now, it's been a while, just continuous with him. What is at this point changed as you head into another Olympic year in terms of like how he manages your training? Like, is it just more volume, more speed? Like where, where are we at in terms of your development under Ben Thomas? Yeah. Uh, every year that goes by, like I've, I've definitely reflected on that, um, you know, making the move to Virginia and, you know, I think that, you know, solidified loyalty, but, you know, just that we're on the same page. And I think we both, me and coach see this as we're doing this together and, uh, same goes for Cooper. And, um, but yeah, every, every year that goes by, um, I think I learn more about, you know, how I handle training, um, where I should be at what time of year. And, you know, a year like last year where, uh, you know, the past two years I've dealt with injury and, um, <clears throat> both years, coming back, um, you know, and kind of salvaging a season and, and last year it worked out to make, make the world's team and still, you know, run the fastest I've ever ran. I think that was just such a, such an important year. Um, not only for me, like mentally, but just that connection between, you know, coach and athlete, you know, he, he saw me <laughs> at my lowest points, um, you know, physically and, you know, mentally probably at that time too. And, you know, he know, I think that helped does both on how he should coach me, how we, you know, navigate those because it is part of the sport, but obviously you try to avoid injury and we're, we're getting much better at that too. Um, but yeah, every year that goes by, I just get more and more confident in the training. If this was any other sport, like every little bit of social media antic that someone puts up on Instagram stories or whatever it is, is like over-examined. It's like, Oh, this athlete posted this. What does this mean? So this morning on your Instagram story, you posted 2024 vision clear as you're making coffee with 44 bulldog by pop smoke playing. I examined the lyrics 
there are very few that I could repeat on this podcast. <laughs> There's a reason it's, I played the outro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like the message, though, behind the song was, I ain't with the talk or the chit-chat. Is this about the back and forth going on between Josh Kerr and Jakob Ingebrigtsen going into the Olympic year? Or what is all of this mean i guess why'd you pick that what are you seeing in this 2024 vision you pretty much hit it right on the head that's what i was thinking about. <laughs> um no i don't know i just woke up this morning and um kind of a uh, slow start to the morning um, we had a little bit later of a practice but i put my headphones on and just got dialed in and i was feeling it and i saw the vision, saw the vision. all right all right, we'll keep it. We'll keep it vague. We'll keep it at that. We still don't even know when your EP is dropping. You hinted at it last summer. You said coming soon, and I don't know when soon is, but I like that you keep us on our toes. Yep, it's dropping soon, so stay tuned. <laughs> All right, Cooper. This is one of the first, I guess, interviews that you've done since leaving the Bowerman Track Club. It was a short stay, so what did you make of it? And I guess, like, why didn't it end up working out in the end? I, I have nothing bad to say about any anyone there. I think, um, you know, that it was a really important year for me um, and a really hard uh, transition to make, honestly. Uh, I'd had so much success with Ben and, um, you know, I thought I thought I kind of owed it to myself to make a change. Um, and I mean, I, I improved so much every year in college with Ben. And um, I think there was just things I hadn't explored yet when it came down to um, training and training philosophies and approaches to, you know, how we train, how we race and things like that. And um, yeah, I felt like it was important to kind of get a different perspective on it. And, um, you know, going into a year like last year, um, it was obviously important, but it wasn't an Olympic year. And it was, I thought a, as good a time as any to um, kind of give that a shot. And, I think I gained a lot of really good perspective from it. And, um, I think aerobically I grew a lot. Um, and yeah, I made some great friends and I think at the end of the day, there was, there was a couple things that I just felt like didn't really work for me. It was hard to be in, um, such a big group. I, I was kind of used to, you know, training with Cole and us kind of having that, um, dynamic together and, uh, it's definitely hard when there's kind of a lot of different moving parts and being part of a bit bigger group. Um, I really, I really liked it First, there were some pieces that I really liked and some that I didn't like as much. Um, and I like literally from the first week I got there, I, I was joking with the guys. I was like, yeah, like I, I'm going to be a one and done, but, um, so like, just let's enjoy this year and completely joking the entire time. But, uh, I guess I, it kind of came to fruition on accident um, but yeah, it's it. And I can't even say that I had a bad year because that's not at all what happened. I PR'd in, in multiple events, um, you know, didn't have the U.S. championships I wanted, but I think I went out there and I competed pretty well. And I got into a lot of new experiences my first summer in Europe. Um, and yeah, just like different training hits and different approaches that um, I think were a little more generalized from what I had been doing. Um and I liked some of it, but a lot of it, you know, I had, I had a hard time kind of molding into it because I felt like I was kind of in the middle ground of a 1500 and a 5k runner. And, um, I think personally, I really wanted to be on that 1500 side of things, but there was so much emphasis on the aerobic, the keep building the engine and, um, I felt like when it came down to it, I had a hard time when I was going into those 1500s, I felt like I had maybe lost a little bit of that piece of, um, you know, the, the biggest asset that I felt like I had was kind of closing speed and being able to, um, kind of change gears at the end there. And I think, you know, I didn't have too many races last year where I really was able to tap into that and kind of show that. And I think it was just a different approach, um, and not to say that it it was bad at all. I think it just, for me as an athlete, didn't mesh to exactly what I needed. Um, and, you know, in this sport, there's not a lot of time. It's it's a pretty finite amount of time that you have for training and racing at your peak. And I, I still don't think I'm anywhere near my peak yet. But um, I just felt like it was 
a really good testament to like what I knew with Ben and to how much that worked. Um, and I think, yeah, like seeing Cole as well come off injury. I mean, I, I remember seeing him at indoor, literally at Mill Rose last year, like sitting downstairs in the warm up area. I was like, why isn't he warming up? But then to see him come around and, and make that team and um, kind of just see the momentum he held going into, into the summer um, that was really inspiring for me. And, uh, I just felt like that, that was kind of my roots and, um, I really trust Ben and I really trust kind of the process that he has. And it's one of those things that like, nobody really knows how he's thinking or like where you're at besides him, but like, he really has it down to a science. And I really liked that. I felt like I really get, um, a lot of kind of individual attention from him and, um, yeah, I just kind of, I can kind of see the future a little bit more there. So um, it was a really hard decision to leave. Uh, I really, I made some, some really great friends. Um, I love the coaching staff, but uh, I think it was time for another change. <laughs> as much as I was looking for a change going into there, I think it was a whole nother change coming back to what I already knew, but doing it here in Virginia and like trusting that this is the right place to be. And uh, I think just getting older and maturing it was time to get out of Eugene and like get somewhere where I feel like I can really focus and not really have all the little distractions that I've maybe had in the past. Um, because yeah, like I said, there's, there's only a certain amount of time that you can really um, run to your maximum potential. And I think we're kind of in the midst of that now. And with the year like 2024, I didn't really want to take any chances. How much did say Grant's decision to leave or, I guess from the outside looking in on Instagram, like even you can go to any of these posts and like the comment sections are just crazy where it's sort of like RIP Bowerman track club. And it's sort of like, it's in a rebuilding phase and sort of like they're going to tap into younger talent that Jerry's already kind of working with in the near future. And it's sort of like, I guess what is the behind the scenes of just sort of like how those conversations went about when ultimately you made your own decision to leave. Was that, in Europe, you're starting to think about it. Like everyone seemed to have had different timelines from Courtney, Grant, you know, Elise. What was your your sort of like decision making process there? Yeah, definitely. I will say people are savages in the comments. They like <laughs> out of pocket for some of the things that I've seen. But um no, I think I think the beauty of it all was it was every single individual's own choice. There was no like mass exodus that was planned or anything like that. I think, um, you know, people have their own timelines. For me, I think I think I was actually probably the first one to make the decision that I was going to leave. Uh, I think following Fifth Ave, I met with my agent and kind of talked to my parents a little bit and um, just kind of reflecting and looking forward, I had kind of made that decision. And I remember, because I definitely didn't do it the right way when it came down to like, telling people what I was doing, telling my teammates, because I was a little nervous and still hesitant, because at that point, um, you know, Ben and everyone were still in Eugene. And I don't think everyone was necessarily on board yet with, you know, the move to Virginia. And there were still a lot of um, moving parts kind of trying to get figured out. So I hadn't told anyone. And I remember one night getting a call from Grant and I was like, oh no, Grant's going to like chew me out for not saying anything. Cause there was like, there was like some peep of it on the streets. And like, some people had texted me like, is this true? Like, are you leaving? Whatnot. And I was like, ah, oh, Grant's going to like, he's going to be pissed. I didn't say anything. And then he was like, Hey man, just wanted to like, let you know, I'm actually leaving Bowerman. And like, I heard you might be doing the same and like good luck it was it was a pretty brief conversation i think he was trying to make the rounds and after he said that i was like okay i i don't know why i'm so scared to do this so uh and then yeah especially hearing like elise leaving and courtney um yeah it's just everyone everyone trying to you know make the moves that are right for them it's it's a very important year and everyone um i think has their own reasons why they want to stay, they want to go. Um, but yeah, for me, I think all of mine were internal. Um, I didn't really have too much external push and, um, yeah, I, I can't really say much else for, for the rest of everyone, but I think everyone did it on their own time. 
on their own accord and there was no like pressure to do anything. So I think that was like the best way to approach that. So it seems like you have, you obviously have options with like focusing on the 15 or the 5k this year. Yes. The possibility I guess is there at the trials to double, but you, you kind of hit, said that like last year you felt like your heart would have been in going all in on the 15. So in those early conversations with Ben, is he setting you up for that hopefully this year, or you still kind of have that other option out there with the 5k? Yeah. I mean, I think we just have to see how the, the year unfolds. I think the beauty of Ben's training is it's so dynamic and there's no, you're not bound to any certain thing. We're always going to have kind of the, that speed work, but um, you know, that doesn't come without the rest of the pieces that kind of go into that. So um, I think we're just going to play it by ear, but um, I really love the 15. I think uh, that's definitely kind of what I have my sights set on, but I mean, Three years ago, I was fourth at the trials in the 5K. So um, who knows? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. But um, I'm definitely, I think there's unfinished business in the 1500 for me. Paul, 15 for you, right? No 5K this year? <laughs> yeah, I think now you're, it's apparent to, you know, at least, at least us like athletes that if you want to be world-class in the 15, like, um, I want to continue to be, you're going to have to be world-class in the 5k. So it's like, if there's an opportunity at the trials to do that, it's like, say you've locked up a team in the 15, say you didn't either way, there's, there's a lot there that you're like, it's the stuff left on the table. And I think a lot of people are realizing that now. And, um, especially like the, the top 15 runners in the world and the top 5k runners in the world, you just see their versatility like all year long. And I think, since I've been dealing with little hiccups in training, like last year, you know, I didn't have time to go after a 5k. I didn't have time to build that base and I was kind of limited in my ability. So I think in a perfect year, I'm going to have much broader range of, um, you know, capability when it comes to my fitness. So yeah, pretty much the same answer as Cooper. It's sort of like, you know, you can come at this two mile at Milrose from so many different directions. Like, Yes, like there's, you know, Grant doing the work at altitude in Park City this entire time. It's like Josh Kerr doing that weird downhill half marathon right into sort of speed training. Where are you guys coming at this one from? Because I guess you did say like there was months of base building. So at this point, are we sharpening that speed or is like that still not happening yet? We're kind of in the combo of both of those things. So we did a half marathon this morning and then we're going to do some of the, uh, we're going to go to altitude this afternoon, <laughs> but no, we like, I, our training is impossible to figure out even like, I think even for us athletes, it's kind of like, it's such a different approach. It's like kind of the same ideas, but just a different approach to doing it. That's maybe a little more cautious, but I think it kind of maximizes the like, number of hits you can get per week um just at like zone two and above and yeah i mean like we really hit the hills hard um and like we had cole and i were talking about it yesterday but like we had a workout yesterday where i think we did like almost every stimulus in the book that it was like tempo speed hills long reps short reps it's just like weird it's like everything so I think to say the least, like we're definitely ready for anything that comes our way. I was just going to add to that. Like, that's just another thing that I think we're, we both got comfortable with, um, you know, Ben's training is, um, you know, Oregon, I think this was just so um, telling for both of us. Like when we ran 350 in the mile, we, we came into that indoor season. I think we did a DMR before that. So it's not like it was like the first race, but we were like, let's see what fit, what kind of shape we're in. And, you know, Ben put out, laid out this lofty goal and we hit that. And from then on, I think that just like solidified like the trust. And we're like, like right now, you know, we, we don't do a lot of time trial work. Uh, let's see where we're at. Let's see if we can run this and, you know, know that we can run this for the mile. We don't, we don't do a lot of that, but I think we both just have the trust in the, in the program and, and the coach just to be like, 
if workouts are going well and we're hitting paces, then we're confident we're going to be in the right spot. Cooper, I guess like how much you, when you said you, this year, you're like, you're doing better about just like focusing on yourself. I guess like Ben is also a good person to tap into for something like that, because when everyone in the world is doing double threshold training and all that stuff, it's sort of like that spe like specificity rarely gets mentioned from like Ben's side of things. Cause he's so unique. So I guess that's never kind of like cross discussion with him. It's like, Hey, like actually everyone's doing this. Like, should we be doing that? Or is it just like full trust? Like, all right, you're the science guy and the coach. I believe in what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, he, he literally is like mad scientist when it comes to, when it comes to training and I, I have never had any doubt with it. And I mean, seeing people switch up their training going into this year and like starting to do double thresholds, starting to do different things just because they see other people doing it. I think that's like could be a recipe for disaster, honestly. And what like it's funny because I had talked to Ben a little bit about some of the approach to training and we've been doing like like increment double double threshold for like years without actually knowing it, which is like it it's hard to explain, but like just kind of the approach he does it is like it's not just like two in one day. It's like a hard hit you sleep and then the next morning you have like kind of yeah that medium threshold type thing which in itself is kind of double is like his approach to double threshold while like also having his own spin on it that like lets you get i feel like a little bit more out of it and like we said earlier it's it's maybe harder to quantify you can't just say like okay i did 10 by k and then i did 400s like we're doing such weird stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe you have more to say about it, Cole. What I like appreciate is that um, he's been coaching for a long time, but it's he's not one of those coaches that's like, we've been running this workout since 1995 and we're going to keep running it. And you guys are doing the same thing that whoever did back in 2004. It's like, he has things that he's learned from, but, you know, even in the... Even, these past two years, um, the training's changed a lot from what we were doing at Oregon and, and he's constantly adapting and, you know, it's obvious he's curating these workouts to us, to who he's coaching, you know, everything's yeah dynamic and moving. And I think it's just obvious that he's, he's adapting and learning how we like to run and, you know, making workouts that fit us with 20 plus years of knowledge, however long he's been coaching. So who's officially the group? It's you two, Aiden Tucker. Who else? Are you guys actively recruiting now? I definitely not actively recruiting. Um, we're we're trying to figure it all out. Um, the group that came to Virginia, I can tell you, is yeah, me and Cooper, Aiden Tucker, Matt Wisner. Um, yeah, that's that's the group that came from Eugene to Virginia, yeah. and then there's a couple guys here that are training with us that are that were with Ben, um, a couple more people are trickling in and everyone's kind of finding their footing and we're saying like, what is, what, what's going on right now? But it's, it's then, a good yeah. Yeah. It's really good so far. Rachel's here as well. Kind of right, yeah. building the women's side up. Um, and yeah, I feel like we have, it's definitely more people than we thought, honestly, like between, um just like some bt guys that have graduated and just like kind of people who just want to be like in this atmosphere um it's definitely an interesting dynamic and a lot of different people bring different things to the table um so it's fun to it's fun to have like actually a little group honestly when i when i had first like heard about coming here i was like all right as long as i have at least coal like it'll be fine but now we're at the point where, yeah, we're, we're kind of building with a couple different little subsets of people and, um, kind of a couple different approaches to like what people want to do. But, um, I think we're really happy with just who's here and like the culture we're kind of creating and, um, kind of being able to steer our own ship in, in the way we want to do it. And, um, yeah, I think we just like, like being here and like 
I think we want to roll out a little bit more of like what's actually going on here because I think it's been pretty vague so far. Um, it was the worst but, kept secret that you guys are going to be like back together. <laughs> the yeah. official announcement wasn't really like all that like official and clear, but everyone's just like, all right, at this point, like we're all in agreement. They're back together. <laughs> yeah, it would have been crazy if we just didn't. We just teased it, but <laughs> no, it, it's cool. And after seeing Craig document like saying he's going to document every second of his life for the next six months. I think we're like, we're like half of that. We're going to document like every five minutes of our lives for the next six months and just like start pumping some stuff out. Cause I think we, we do have a really cool thing going on here and um, we want to refine it a little bit and kind of figure out like, yeah, how we want to approach it. But um, as of now, it's just training, hopefully some racing soon. And then yeah, see what happens from there. Yeah, we're definitely going to have some some ways for definitely some ideas coming and ways for people to you know, kind of tune into what we're doing, because I think we're all we're all for that. Like we want to showcase what we're doing because, yeah, we all feel like it's it's pretty cool. We got going on and yeah, we should have some things coming. On top of that, we'll send Mac to go film like a workout with Can you. you please? Like yeah. yeah, that'd be great. The presenting sponsor of the Sidious Mac podcast is Olipop. You know we've been pounding Olipop for over a year now. 2023 was a track season to remember, and Sidious Mag was able to be there for all of the big moments thanks to the incredible support of Olipop. What has become known as the Runner's Soda isn't just a great companion for pregame shows or post-race shows, or if you're just watching at home and want to crack a can of Olipop open yourself, it's good for you too. It's a prebiotic soda with 9 grams of fiber, which is 32% of your daily needs, that only has 2-5 to five grams of sugar and helps your digestive health in a way that a threshold workout never could. We love it because there are 15 incredible flavors that will keep your body refreshed and ready to go for the next workout. My current favorite is Lemon Lime. Caitlin Tui's number one flavor is Ginger Lemon. There are other great flavors like Vintage Cola, Tropical Punch, Orange Squeeze, Cherry Vanilla, and I'm hearing rumors of another one coming soon. Sidious Mag podcast listeners get 25% off non-subscription orders by using code Sidious25 at checkout at drinkolipop.com. You can also find Olipop at Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Target, Walmart, Publix, and most recently, they just got added to Costco, so pro tip there. Next time you're looking for a refreshing and healthy drink after that long run or hard workout, reach for an Olipop. You won't be disappointed. Drinkolipop.com, code Sidious25. One of the things I wanted to do now that I've got the, both of you here, I've always wanted to host a game show on this podcast, and now I've put together some Milrose Games trivia where you guys have the opportunity to win actual cold hard cash. Um, it's $10 every answer. Once we get an official sponsor for this, we'll, we'll up it for sure. But the way it works is you have two lifelines. One is phone a friend, where you can literally get on the phone and call someone to get you an answer. Uh, and the second one is you could do double or nothing on a category for double the points. After I ask each question, the, if you get it wrong, the other person has an opportunity to steal the point, and at the end, you'll, you know, the number of points you have will be the number of $10 bills that we'll send your way. So, all right, we'll start with uh, the first category is the Wanamaker Mile. So you can do double or nothing on this category, or you could just roll it normal. Uh, we'll start with, we'll get, we'll have uh, Cole go first uh, on this one. So, Cole, on the men's side, since the year 2000, how many times has an Oregon Duck won the Wanamaker Mile? Jeez. These are going to be a little bit tough, I think. Since when? 2000. 2000? Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with uh, six times. That's incorrect. All right, Cooper, your chance to steal. My, it's got to be, it's got to be more higher than that. I know Eric Jenkins won. I know, I think Centro's won. I'm gonna guess eight. Since 2000, that is also incorrect. It's only four times. What? Since, yeah. since 2000, it was Matt Centrowitz in 2012, 
There actually weren't any from uh, 2000 to 2012. Because Lagat won a bunch of them. And so he has no ties Nick to... Willis, Nick Willis won a bunch of them. No, Nick Willis actually, I don't think it ever won uh, oh. the Wanamaker Mile. It was like the one thing that kind else. of was always escaping him. Uh, Centro won in 2012, 2015, and 2016. Jenkins won in 2017. So no one gets that one there. Next up is, I guess, Cooper will get first dibs on this one. Who was the last Bowerman Track Club winner, uh, woman, to win the Wanamaker Mile? Woman? Yeah. Colleen Quigley. That is correct. You got your first your first point on the board. Colleen Quigley in 2018, 430 over Kate Grace. So one of the two would have won that race. So, wow. uh, yeah, Colleen Quigley. All right. So you one want me double or nothing because I think I would have maybe done that, but. All right. Well, you can double or nothing on this next category. It's D. The, the category is DFL. So we're going to be talking about people who finish last in races. All right. No one's no one's doubling up on this one. All right. We're going to start with Cooper on this one. Not counting the DNFs in the race. Who was last in the 2023 Milrose Games men's 3K? We know where you finished. Not last. Not last. Josh Kerr won. Josh Kerr won, then Luis, then Joe, then me. Uh, my, it's got to be like a. There was a college guy. Was it Nico? It was Nico. Yeah, oh Nico Young. Seven fifty-one. Two two points to Cooper. On that note, just real quick, how do we feel about altitude conversions? I think he should have got more time off. Uh, really? like, like a 345 <laughs> or six 44 yeah we we're talking about that i guess we'll see what it's worth tonight when he does the 5k and just they're, they're saying 30. it was only worth 402 at at 10,000 feet <laughs> yeah I, I did see that oh. one on the west i'm <laughs> <laughs> to think about um all right uh, cole your question not counting eric Sawinski pacing and elliot kipsang dropping out who was last in the wanamaker mile last year men's side Oh boy. I don't know. I'm gonna kind of cruel. Like you're just yeah. like oh, this is a mean question. Yeah, I feel I feel bad guessing. They uh, sucks, Cole. I'm gonna I'm just gonna make a guess. Um, because I only I think it went Yared then Neil. And then I don't think like um I don't think Mario like or Ollie I definitely didn't get last. I'm going to guess Eric Holt. That is correct. You got a point. Eric Holt in 358 was last place in last year's Wanamaker Mile after winning the Dr. Sander Mile to get into the race. Maybe a little too excited. Maybe he got caught up in the moment, but he was dead last. I actually remember. Yeah, I remember he qualified because I think, he, yeah, he beat Drew Hunter in that qualifier. And yeah, yeah. All right. So it's 2-1 as we head into the third round. This one is head-to-head, so I'm pulling head-to-head records. I'm going to give you another athlete, and you have to guess what your head-to-head record is against that athlete. Okay. Oh. I'll double up. All right. Cooper's doubling up. I will, too. Yeah. All right. All right. So we're using this one. All right. We're going to start with Cole. You've raced Yard and Goose 11 times in your career. What's the all-time head-to-head record? 11 times we've raced? What? Uh, okay. You beat me at, uh, is this just, can you tell me if these are just track races? That's a good question. It's all of them, but one are track. One is cross country. All of them. And then the track ones are all 1500s except for one mile race, which is obviously last year's pre. They beat me at like Oregon twilight or something. And I beat them at NCAAs. It's one and one nine more gonna take an eternity then trials i won so it's okay i just should just think about how many i've how many i've lost maybe or how many okay hold on this isn't gonna take that long i just don't remember racing that many times i'm gonna guess oh god that i've won 
of the 11. I've won five. That's not a guess. Is it incorrect? Cooper, your chance to steal the point. I'm going to get you won seven. Incorrect. Cole, you've only won two out of the... Yeah. (laughs) So it's your first ever head-to-head was cross-country Terre Haute 2019. Yard gets that one. Obvious loss. And then 2015 in Eugene, Yard wins there. NCAs, you win. Olympic trials, you win. And you haven't beat him since at Luzerne, Padova, oh, yeah, USA's, London, Budapest, Zurich, and Pre. Yeah, forgot about those ones. <laughs> all right, you'll race them enough times this year to even up the score, hopefully. Um, all right, Cooper, we go to you now. You've raced Joe Klecker six times in your career. What's the all-time head-to-head record? He beat me at Pac-12's cross. He beat me in the 3K last year. Yeah, so it's three in cross country, three on the three track. Three cross country. He beat me at NCAA's cross. I must have raced him again at. I don't know if I've ever beat him. I must have, surely. Oh, he beat me at the trials this year. I'm going to guess I've won one. Yes, you get the point. You've won once wow. and you've lost five times to I... him. Your only win was. 2018 NCAA championships in Louisville where you re- you finished 44th and he finished 67th. So you've never beaten him on the track just once in cross country yeah. back in 2017. I remember passing him in that too. I was like a freshman. I remember passing him and then I passed Josh Kerr and I was like, man, these guys are washed. And then he's cooked me ever since. <laughs> all right, a, so- you could have chosen people we've beaten a couple yeah, of times. All right, Chris, what's your record <laughs> yeah, against Merber? <laughs> Yeah, I've never won. I thought you were going to take a cheap shot here and say like Malcolm Gladwell because I'm still 0-2 there. I rarely get get wins. So, all right, that one was a little cruel to you guys. But it's now 3-1, Cooper. I doubled. Oh, yeah, you doubled. So it's 4-1, Coop. You guys have one lifeline where you can literally get on the phone and call Kyle. You can call John Galt, whoever you might think could help you uh, get a point here. So next category is where did they go to school? Uh, so I'm going to name the school that they went to, and you have to guess which one of these competitors from the men's two-mile field kind of narrows it down. We're going to start with, I guess, this time around, we start with Cooper. In the men's two-mile field, who attended Carl Sandburg High School? Can I ask where that is? Uh, they- yes, it's in Illinois. Uh, was it Dylan Jacobs? It was, yep. All right, so there it is. Five. A little, a little cheap there, but... Yeah, five one. All right, it's it's like a spelling bee. Cole, who in the men's two mile field attended Tatnall High Tatnall School? I think. Yeah, I don't see it. it's high school. It's the Tatnall School in Delaware. In the two mile field. Yeah. In Delaware, can you read through the field? Yeah, sure. All I right. guess. Grant Fisher, Josh Kerr, Joe Klecker, George Beamish, Cooper Tier, Dylan Jacobs, Morgan McDonald, Kai Robinson. Matthew Stonier, uh, Kita Sato, Sam Parsons, AJ Ernst is the pacer. I'm going to go Sam Parsons. That is correct. I think that gave it away. It was, it's an S5 like, too. Yeah, not like 80% were foreign. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. That, you know. <laughs> that right. made it obvious. All right, 5 2. For the final one, is I'm pulling up like the World Athletics uh, 1500 pop list from 2023. You guys are going to have one minute to rattle off as many names as possible from the top. Let's go with top 20 of the 1500 from last year. All right. So I will start the clock. Just based off of time. Yep. It's the top 20 fastest guys of last year. We'll start with Cooper. All right. Go. Jakob. That's one. Yared. Okay. Cole. In the top 20, yep. Um, her. Yep. Mario. Mm-hmm. Ollie. Yep. Abel Kipsang. Yep. Um, Neil Gorley. Correct. He was 14, just ahead of you. Niels Laros. 
Uh, yes, snuck in, 19. Stewie McSwain? No, McSwain's not on there, strike one. Uh, Reynolds Chariot? Correct, okay. Um, okay, I'm just forgetting his name. Spanish guy. Oh, don't give Cooper the hint. The cat. No, I'm gonna get it. I'm using my time. Give you a hint. What's his name? Just say Katir. Katir. All right, yeah, okay, so that's that's Cole's point. <laughs> what was I was about to say. I was about to say someone. George Mills? Yeah, 17. We have 30 seconds left. Uh, the the other chariot, not Timothy. Timothy wasn't mentioned, so you get that one. Okay. That's what I meant. Uh, if you get oh. it, you could win this one, I think, Cooper, because we're running out of time. Oh no! Uh, um, there's got to be some obvious one we're missing. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got it. No, you don't. Hurry up. Now I'm taking my time. <laughs> uh. If you miss it, then Cole gets a chance to And Cole gets a rebuttal? Yeah. And wins the category. Oh, he's licking his chops. He knows it. Um, All right, my guess. um, The other Spanish guy with the long arms. Incorrect. There's no other Spanish guy in the top 20. Ah, okay, well. All right, Cole, who was it? Nordas. Nordas, that's right. He was 10th with the 329. I Dang. think like that, yeah, so I think, but even with the, that was a double category, two points, I think Cooper still just barely yeah. wins out. I, so, tripled, I think I tripled or nothing that round. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> All right, guys, well, that does it. I had fun playing trivia with you guys. Uh, we'll workshop a bit more on just kind of the categories, and I'm looking forward to seeing you guys at the Milrose Games, and best of luck in, in training over the next couple of weeks. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you all for listening to this episode. This episode was produced by Jasmine Fair. I love doing this for you guys, so please do me a favor and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify that helps us grow the show and get even more awesome guests. Let me know what you're enjoying about the show. Make sure you're subscribed or following on your favorite podcast players. Please share this episode with your friends if you think that they'll get any value or inspiration out of it. Let's build this thing together. Visit SidiousMag.com for a lot more. We've got a brand new website with tons more articles, videos, and podcasts. As always, I love track and field. I'm Chris Chavez. See you next time.